Jasper Singh from the financial YouTube channel Minority Mindset put out a video in which he rants about a Wall Street Journal article titled, Americans are spending money like there's no tomorrow. The article highlights a segment of Americans that are not saving for retirement, they're not investing, and they're not sacrificing because they want to live life as they put it in the moment. We're gonna give our commentary on this particular video. And we're also gonna give our commentary on a correlation from a Meet Kevin video, which Meet Kevin is another financial YouTube channel that we watch together as a group of friends where Meet Kevin highlights what Grant Cardone is talking about, who is a real estate investor, and what Peter Schiff is talking about, he's a stockbroker, and how they see the American economy moving forward. We're gonna discuss all of that, give our commentary and all of that, and talk about how we see that connecting with the election for 2024 and for America in general. And then we're gonna discuss something very interesting, a trailer that just dropped today as we recorded this episode for a comedy being released by The Daily Wire titled Lady Ballers, in which The Daily Wire is taking on the subject of men entering female sports and dominating. We're gonna give our take on the actual trailer. We're gonna give our commentary on what we think the movie will be like, the kind of reactions we can expect from the mainstream media and people in general, and what this means potentially for comedy going forward. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging With Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is Rx Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging With Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trendy topics, current news, and relevant subjects with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Go on over to our website. That's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop, go to any major music streaming platform. Type in Audio Apes and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. You can buy the live by the woke die by the woke <clears throat> shirt especially if you're going to be into this lady ballers movie that the daily wire is dropping because that is a perfect example of how hollywood it, it correlates perfectly with how hollywood is in terms of comedy and many other genres living by the woke and dying by the woke and how other companies are capitalizing on that, which we're gonna discuss in the episode. And if you know somebody that is interested in the things that we talk about on the show, share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. So two fun subjects today. Yeah. We like to talk finances. I know a lot of people don't find finances <clears throat> fun. I've always found finances very interesting. I, I find the stock market interesting. I find real estate interesting. I find other potential endeavors 
interesting. Yeah. Um, from the time we've rapped, we owned our own material. We own our own copyrights. We own our own masters. Um, when we did comedy, we did our own sketches. We didn't do it for a company or for anybody else. We did it for ourselves. And we are independent as a podcast. We uh, we we do it ourselves. As, as you see, we still don't have any advertisers and we've had the opportunity to put advertisers but we still haven't put advertisers because being independent is is nice and there may come a day where that changes where but it'll be under conditions where the advertisers can we can take them or leave it 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 wouldn't be we don't want to be in a position we have to live by it where we have to uh, live and die by what the advertisers want us to to say or do or you know the type of content that they want us to produce um so so we understand these things and that's why these two subjects today are are, are so interesting because you see that happening over at the daily wire they're operating in a similar fashion obviously on a much bigger level but but still the the spirit is the same and then you see what's going on in the economy with inflation interest rates continue to rise and the notion of a financial crash looming an impending real estate crash looming now it is interesting because i think before we get into the the minority mindset video from Jasperi Singh i think it's good to preface that video with the video that actually we watched yesterday yeah. uh meet kevin video where he highlights something that he found fascinating and so did i and that's why i i recommended the video uh to watch where you got grant cardone big time real estate investor saying that even the way the market is now, he's continuing to buy property. The only thing he did say, which I think not everybody is in a, in a position to buy real estate in this capacity, but it's still worth mentioning um, that he's buying real estate without debt. So basically, whatever real estate they're buying, they're buying it cash. Yeah. Uh, which it makes sense to avoid the interest rates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and he predicts that next year and the year after rent rates will plateau even though they he didn't say they're going down though he said that they'll flatten yeah which is interesting because that if what he's saying is true and his prediction is correct that means that there is no relief in sight for people that are renting uh yeah uh because it's not going to go down so it'll flatten and then he predicts after those two years the rental rates will go back up again and well, th- again, that means no relief in sight for people that are renting. And then Peter Schiff was saying something very similar that there's not a lot of incentive now for people that have a home to leave their home to go get another home. And the people that have a home, even though things might be tight, they're better off staying in their home, basically tightening up their belt buckle and dealing with whatever they're dealing with because the likelihood of them getting kicked out of their home or foreclosure or them selling and moving, they could pay higher in rent. And then wherever they're going to move, they're going to pay higher in mortgage because of the interest rates, which is going to reflect on 
the shortage of housing that there already is in the nation continuing continuing and grant cardone talks about that too now when we were watching that obviously me kevin talked about it and 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 we noticed it how what they're saying is definitely different than what you hear across the board and and they could be completely wrong i and by no means are we giving financial advice we're giving commentary on something that that uh two 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 big names in finances we're giving commentary on something that they're talking about but it is interesting that these two guys both seem to be talking different than what many other financial analysts and financial commentators have talked about like oh the crash is coming you see the thumbnails the crash is around the corner what to do with the real estate crash all of these things and so to hear these two big guys and 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 how informed they are in in the topic talk differently it is striking it is striking and then when we watch that and in the middle of it i remember i i i i said to pause the video because then i asked a question which is going to tie in to jasper singh's video and it's interesting because that video came out today as we record the episode i asked the question if what they're saying is correct and things are going to continue the way they are, so they'll flatten and then get more expensive again, but this doesn't seem like it's going down. So then what are people going to do? Do they just spend until oblivion? Because they're clearly having a hard time making ends meet already. Yeah, And so there not being any sort of crash or correction or anything like that, means that they're the people that are, are spending the way they're spending now they're gonna have they're gonna have to sustain yeah that level of spending and then enter today Jaspery with his video highlighting the wall street journal article of the segment of americans that's spending money like there's no tomorrow which we know we have record credit card debt um it's the hardest to buy a home uh in that has been in decades and we know the situation with inflation. We've highlighted that several times on the podcast before. So now we're at a place where we see basically it seems like there's at least a segment of Americans out there that know the situation. They aren't worried about it and they're just going to rack up debt and 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 they know so they 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 know oh because like the the wall street journal article highlights yes you know a family that said yes we're no longer putting as much money for retirement or we're maxing out credit cards to take trips trips that we thought we never had because the opportunities didn't present themselves during the virus and 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 so on and so forth so with all that being said and the backdrop being set what's your take on all of that i think that uh <clears throat> something has to give i think spending in that manner um it, it's not it's not a feasible situation i wonder i wonder when when it does give if um so then you don't agree with grant cardone and 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 peter schiff that, that- i don't i don't know cuz this is the thing though um when inflation hits sometimes things don't go all the way they're not going to go back to what they were 
So I I don't I, I see wh- where they're coming from, right? Like, like you know how like when people say, "Oh, uh, Coke used to be a nickel," and like now it's like you know, <laughs> two dollars or whatever. Yeah. So there's a point of no return, and there's been so so much inflation that there I don't think things can go back, uh, to the way they were. But I do think that there's going to have to be some sort of recession. I think that there'll be a lot of unemployment, so unemployment will go up, and then I think that um, that can uh, drive prices down in real estate. I also think that uh, the the uh, this is during the time where AI is being introduced, and while AI is not going to take major jobs, it will definitely uh, take easier tasks like menial tasks that that it can that that'll and and that'll affect the workforce in a way where it's like that there will be no going back in 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 that route which that means that like if people start uh if different fields become more available perhaps wages could go a little you know they could they could kind of go up faster because there's less people being employed which then could kind of keep up with like uh real estate um so i guess to me it's like well how much chunk are What's the, the the chunk of people that are spending like there's no tomorrow uh, could be potentially seeing like unemployment in the near future because I literally the Fed is that's what they're working on is like well interest rates go up less borrowing this will cause unemployment to to rise and this will kind of e- equal out shit but but. I would assume that a lot of those jobs are not going to be jobs you could go back to. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's kind of like because of AI. Yeah, because of yeah, I think AI like like I mean go to a McDonald's. It's weird now. It's like all these autom- automated these kiosks, machines, yeah. yeah, kiosks. So it'll only get worse. Not for like there's many jobs that in our lifetime we're not going to see disappear. Like, but there are also many jobs that, that that could disappear, and so then from there it's like, then I could see wages kind of being able to keep up with with inflation, and then there might be some deflation, but there's going to be a point of like what you said, like he says plateau. So I can see a plateau and it flattening, um, and maybe a little less, but then I guess it depends from there because there's a lot of variations so there that we don't know how how what the outlook could look like because we're not even talking about student loan debt added to like the way people live something has to give something has to like there's no way you could keep up with that that's not a lifestyle you could keep up with and so do people file for bankruptcy and in mass what will that do you know like because that, that that creates a whole situation so you can't you can't ignore the frivolousness of like the way people are spending and it's not slowing even with no, super high inflation it, it, yeah, so it's it's racking up yeah so so and i now feel- you have with this article a segment of americans that are are willfully doing it cuz yeah. it's one thing to be to be ignorant not aware of the situation and, and it's funny because when we were with vince uh which is great always like when we have our our group discussions and he he brought up 
uh, I forgot what it was exactly. It, I know we were talking about finances, and and it was something along the lines of, of oh yeah, I, I remember. It, it it was he was saying that uh, he he theorizes that there's many people out there that might secretly want a collapse. That way, they can sort of justify their 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 mistakes and justify their their bad decision making. Yeah. And you said something along the lines, which I, I lean more towards with what you said. You said something along the lines of you don't even think you, you think that there's a lot of people that aren't even thinking about this shit. Like they're yeah. so they're, they're so, so ignorant to it. Yeah. That they and, don't and even, I agree with that. I think yeah. there's a lot of people that like they hear the word inflation and passing. Yeah. And they know that they probably shouldn't be like maxing out their credit card. But. It's more or less a way of life. Yeah. But but that's going to cause something because like there's going to have to be... Th- this is the way the government works. If they see like shit's hitting the fan, there will be a bailout. There's going to be a bailout of something. But now that's where things get interesting because it's bailouts that are that caused have caused this inflation. It was yeah. the... the the bailout of of the from the virus that caused what we're seeing now. So, do you do you continue to to throw fuel on the flame because that's essentially what you'd be doing at that point? I think that the, what'll happen, or at least something along the lines, is like I feel that bankruptcies will rise. Uh, I don't think foreclosures because like what what uh um. Uh, who was it? Not Grant Cardona. Peter Schiff was it? He said like people are holding on to the shit that they have, which is smart because like make do with what you have. But but like personal bankruptcies, if this is how people are really living, and if it's like they're just not gonna stop, there's that's gonna be a thing. And so I think what's gonna happen is uh, unemployment will go up at some point. Um, and even then. Like there was a video where they were talking about, uh, and it was uh, from Just Pre- uh, Singh that he said that they're thinking about cutting interest rates later, twenty twenty four into twenty twenty five. So like, what the fuck is that? Now that's too far away to even like consider it being like a reliable thing. But that'd be interesting because like then that changes a lot of shit. Um. And so that that brings yet another another fucking surprise to the party, but so I think that the perhaps not a bailout, but like they'll have to they'll, they're gonna do they are gonna have to do something. Uh, and I'm not saying it like I I agree with it, but the way the government always works is like oh well, if people have a bankruptcy, you're gonna have to forgive it. Like they can still be employed, something like that. Like where that'll that'll be like not even a penalized situation like when it comes to employment when it comes to like you have to look past that uh or something along those lines because look at now they're trying to well i don't think i don't know how much that would affect employment i think that like more so affect like if they get loans and stuff like that yeah but imagine if they try to through through the legal system like say oh you can't you can't uh for example, remember when during the Clinton era, actually Bush's dad's era, Clinton's era, and then and then and then the uh, George W. 
all that like they allowed like that that predatory lending yeah. which ended up le- leaning towards 2008 i feel that the bankruptcy thing could lead into that and it'll be a trickle down of already the way people are behaving now and so the government always has some something up their sleeve where like they, they want to be like well pour them pour them instead of like letting the shit crash how it should like oh well motherfuckers are gonna be fucked up out here that's like how capitalism really works is there's winners and there's losers yeah and, and, but the thing is the game is there and and you learn from it but it's like you can't ignore you you just can't ignore and as a matter of fact they what bailout just happened this this week uh the 45 billion for commercial real estate to turn them into uh condos so right there they're trying to like it's a bailout again another bailout because they know that w- what's looming with commercial real estate so they're trying to save face for commercial real estate by giving them money to convert it into something so it's like w- that will that drive prices down will that because like the reason why real estate isn't uh dropping in the way that a lot of people thought was because there was there's no inventory yeah so now if you raise inventory does that help with pricing or does that you know not really like affect it at all and so it's a lot it's like a mixture of shit um but i think that it's interesting what grant cardone and peter Schiff said because once things go up to a certain extent, there is no going down, you know? Right. Once yeah. you've passed line, like crossed lines, well, yeah, maybe it's here. Maybe it's like 74% higher, right? Well, so maybe it could go to 50%. And it's not going to go back to, you know, the fucking, uh, what, what is it? Uh, like right after the recovery. You know, or, or during the recovery time, like we're not gonna see prices like that. Yeah. But then there will have to be part partly some deflationary uh situation because like before before uh the twenty sixteen elections, there were houses that were going for the prices of like the nineties. Yeah. Or close to it. And so there is um a chance but it's like think about that the 90s to like 2018 that's a 20 30 year period so we're not gonna see that in a very long time i don't i don't at least i don't foresee that but it's like there's a lot of shit at play that we're not it's gonna you have to piece it all together and see well where will this take us because for the foreseeable future and like you gotta also think about this when you're an investor like you're in it for like when you're in the game like this is so the way peter schiff and grant cardona are thinking is like well i'm in my what 50s ain't no like rewind so no now we're buying cash now so like they're strategizing for the times but they're realizing like shit ain't gonna get any better anytime yeah. soon so are we gonna sit here and wait so as an investor you look at it and you're like wow perhaps that's a good strategy because like what are you gonna it's like a sports team that just keeps like losing to get draft picks but they're not <laughs> winning the next year 
at some point you're gonna have to start taking uh risk and or or like changing the way you approach things you can't just always keep flopping the season you're gonna have to like think of of certain ways and and so i thought what what he said uh was interesting because that's the type of shit like where if you don't have the capital that's when you start thinking like okay as a collective should we start buying stuff but cash yeah and and uh i'm afraid that culturally we're not even in that situation where people even think like that though no no they don't think like that but it's definitely a a, a good opportunity or at least if if you're going to if if you're part of like a, a small group of people that that want to make some moves like perhaps right now is the time to 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 like invest into something good but i don't think uh i don't think all is going to be that easy like from the investor side of things i see like there being opportunity and what they said there is some valid points but i think that what's going to happen is like the people that have already been very responsible and business savvy they're going to find opportunities but i also think that the people uh that are spending and not giving a fuck and not really like financially planning it's going to be a huge divide you're going to see them become significantly poorer mm. but you're also going to see like a lot of the people that are making the right decisions and making the right sacrifices still continue like doing better but it's going to be like a big divide yeah kind of like the whole like have and have nots thing you know how they say oh well the rich get richer and the poor get poor yeah i do think that that's going to be something you're going to see you're going to see less of the middle and the people that are just like thinking a lot smarter and and sacrificing financially for a better financial future they're going to see opportunities regardless that's i mean think about that we're looking at videos and breaking videos down right on 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 investing and like what in what dynamic ways can we look at things whereas there's people who wouldn't even give a like a flying fuck about that video like oh yeah whatever bali we're taking a five thousand dollar vacation it's all going on the credit card i just got the credit card i just maxed out the credit card and well that's (laughs) there's no uh there's gonna have to be some sort of uh economic breaking point for them yeah so uh, to me i guess it's like where where does the where when does it happen and and what happens like i don't i'm not quite sure because the government always like they always have some sort of uh plan where they all bail them out checks you know and, and so we've been we've we've been breaking this shit down on like how how people's car notes are ridiculous how people spend ridiculous how people um are living beyond their means and the government has literally paved the way for them to keep continuing to do that biden yeah. bucks trump bucks this bucks that bucks like and so at some point you're not going to be able to do that if we're going to have a country so that, that's to me like where where uh it's interesting uh and uh it, it, the 45 billion 
bailout for commercial real estate is just yet the the freshest example of what I mean is like they'll come up with another bailout for some other industry. Now, my question to you is: Do you think that if we do crash, will it will it be like a recession or like a fucking depression? Yeah, I I don't know if I see a crash happening. Um, I think um, I think there's too much at stake for them to allow a crash before the 2024 election. Um, I I think there's too much at stake, and then I think if Trump wins. I think we instantly, almost instantly, start to see start to see deflation because the amount of deregulation that's going to take place, um, we're going to become energy independent once again. So that's going to make a huge difference. Uh, and then if we do see deflation, we will instantly start to see uh, uh, well, not instantly, but we'll we'll soon start to see interest rates drop. So yeah, I, I do start to I, I do ask myself whether or not I see a crash coming because I don't know if people have been saying that for a long time, and then you you take into account what these guys were talking about, Peter Schiff and Grant Cardone. You factor in the the short inventory, uh, the small inventory rather of of housing that there is already. Um, you have the influx of 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 uh aliens that are coming through the border so like now you have so much demand and so low supply it makes you wonder like it it makes it hard to see if rents are gonna go down you know what i'm saying so i see where he's coming from where he says they'll flatten and then they'll continue to go back up and 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 it, it does make sense because if there's a shortage already and then you couple that with the influx of people. It's like, yeah. So then you start to see people that are like, yeah, we're going to continue to buy all of this expensive real estate. And yeah. if that continues, then our price is going to go down. So it's like on one hand, thinking like an investor, you start to wonder, mm, I don't know if there's going to be a crash. Like, I would say this, th- there's there's equal amount of reasons to think that it's not going to crash as there are to think that it will crash. It's like perfectly balanced, I would say. Now, when you ask me that question, that's me answering in a business capacity and in in an investor capacity. Now, how things will be for the average person especially this segment that is highlighted from this Wall Street Journal article that Jospri rants about, the Americans that are spending like there's no tomorrow. I don't even think that we'll see anything particularly bad happen with them now. I I, I don't think, I think we might see an influx in, in bankruptcies and we might we might see a, a situation where well we're already starting to see a whole lot of cars being repossessed. The data shows that, but 
I think where we could potentially see these people in in really, really, really bad shape is when we're entering our mid to late 50s. I think that's where the reality will hit them like a ton of bricks because yeah. retirement is already like, it's already in a very um, precarious state. It, 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 it's, 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 there's a, is a lot of uncertainty when it comes to retirement. There's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to people's future and how they're going to live when they're in their senior years and stuff like that. It, it's already not in a great place. And then you layer that with a bunch of people that are spending money like there's no tomorrow, racking up credit card debt, willfully not putting into retirement. My thing is what happens to those people because if social security isn't in, in a good place people's individual retirements aren't in a good place not as many jobs offer pensions when these people get to that age what happens because now you get a very interesting situation you get the situation where all right does the government bail these people out what incentive does the government have to bail out old people? Because they can't like contribute as much as younger people. No. And then they're pretty much like where they're at, like as far as like who they're going to vote for and how they're going to vote. So I feel like that's where things are going to get bad for a lot of people when they get of age. Like, and I thank God every day for this. Like, like my parents, uh, uh, they operated in a way where they made some good decisions and like they they don't have to worry about this but have you ever been to like jewel or walmart and you see people that are like significantly older than your parents and like they're like working yeah like they're bagging groceries or something yeah. like that that's heartbreaking to see that that's like that sucks to see that it's like holy shit like now caveat if they're a person that like they could be a millionaire maybe they like just like going to work and interacting with people yeah, well yeah. then like more power to them but i would venture to say most people that are in that situation aren't there because they want to be they're yeah. there probably because they need to be yeah that's rough that's rough and like and and like those are jobs like okay cool like those jobs exist but now what happens when when AI is more ubiquitous and more jobs are taken by AI. So there's less jobs. And then more than likely the jobs are going to go to like younger, more qualified people. So the people that are our age now, this segment of Americans that are spending like there's no tomorrow, what will their tomorrow look like? Yeah. And that's what's scary. I don't think there's a whole lot to worry about now, right now. Um, but I do think in, in, in 15, 20 years, I think their situation is going to be very ugly so much to the point where I don't know if you, you've seen, or you've heard this news, how basically because Canada's, uh, uh, healthcare system is so gridlocked 
and like they're they're th- and the finances of the healthcare system are in in a in a very um what's the word the system is not fruitful i'll put it to you that way yeah they're basically to the point where they're advising like euthanasia for for like older people like yeah basically like assisted suicide like so you're not a burden on our healthcare system I could see that happening here in, in 15, 20 years, like when when uh, our generation is is significantly older and so many people haven't prepared for retirement. So many people aren't mm-hmm. in a good position. Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely could see a situation like that where it's basically the government's like, yeah, you're a burden and we don't have anything to bail you out with. So uh yeah, but if you want, you could go to the hospital and like, and like these people will help you off yourself. That's a harsh reality, but nonetheless, nonetheless, a reality though, because like people are gonna, again, like I said before, something has to give. You, you can't, can't have it all, right? <laughs> and so, if you live fast and don't worry about your tomorrows, when your tomorrows get here, that's gonna be rough. Yeah, it's gonna be very rough. And so I could see that, yeah. Like I could see um, it being prolonged until people are in their 40s and 50s or mid-40s or something like that. But, you know, and then and then another thing, too. I didn't think about that, too. I said fucking McDonald's, but Walmart. How many, how many registers are there that are just like, just go pay? So right there, you can eliminate it. Like if Walmart really wanted to, they'd be like, you know what? No more cashiers. Just three as opposed to the seven or the eight that we had because it'll be like one pay station, another pay station, another pay station. Because like that is th- their pay stations alone are now like almost all automated, at least most of the ones that I go to. So like you said, automation takes over. AI becomes better. Th- there's less jobs, and so uh, the little jobs that you c- can do when you're older, they're not they're not available, and so that changes things for <laughs> someone when the, when they're older and they're like, well, I can't, I don't have any retirement that that that's going to make this situation more livable. And then now, if we go with the Grant Cardone Peter Schiff thing and rent. Is uh, horrible, like horribly high. So now you're not even being able to meet make ends meet. Yeah, and then you might see yourself at a point like this is kind of dystopian, but you we might get to the point where kind of going to like your the whole have and have nots analogy that you were establishing. We could see ourselves potentially in a place where it's like there's people that own property and those people that own property, it's like, all right, you have your house and maybe there's there's a shortage of real estate. So there's not a, a whole lot of being able to like move from place to place. Then you have people that don't own property and probably will never be able to own property because it's so expensive and you couple that with you couple that with 
how tight their finances is their finances are and like how tight their budget already is where they can never really get above water to the place where they can yeah. they can buy property and then you have people that own investment property and it's just like the rents become so scalable and it is probably going to be a situation if there's not more housing available where you have a whole bunch of people living in an apartment yeah you have a lot of situations like that and then obviously when that happens the rent goes up because a lot of times you know landlords tend to like rent to a, a person or people but then if like a new person comes in they go up on the rent because the original agreement was for these particular people but now they have somebody that's on hard times living with them so you have a situation you have a situation like that and and so then you do start to see the rationale behind what Grant Cardone is saying of, yeah, we're buying every piece of property that we can, yeah. because if that is the case, then yeah, you, you are going to become true. If, if the future looks anything like what I just described, you're going to become immensely wealthy because rents are like, basically they get to the point where it's in infinity and beyond yeah. in terms of scalability then we're probably living in an era where like there's some sort of like universal basic basic income but if that is anything like the welfare system what is that going to look like what that's going to probably look like enough for you to maybe like it, it, it to like maybe supplement your rent yeah. and and like for you eat you eat you to eat like craft mac and cheese every night yeah you know what i'm saying that is is that and then too like how many people now get disenfranchised from well i mean neighborhoods change because if you can't afford that neighborhood you'll move out but let's say a new set of people are happen to come i don't know immigrants and then now they start renting and they have more opportunities, and 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 maybe they're maybe because they're in bulk, like you know, in terms yeah. of the amount of them, maybe they're willing to rent for more than what you're willing to rent yeah. for. Yeah, there, there there's a lot of variables to this, and it it is very interesting, and that is why it's so interesting the way people vote because if people were to vote for the parties of deregulation, if people were to vote for the party of of lower taxes if people were to vote for the party of of merit then you get more deregulation where companies are able to build more houses that yeah. drives the housing price down sure there's going to be investors because obviously with us like if housing prices go down well we're going to buy more to invest as well yeah but the lower you buy the lower you buy the lower you can rent for yeah you know well yeah, and, that, yeah, and that's, that's the, thing. the thing that 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 people when they vote they don't they don't factor any of that stuff in and then you see the situation we're in now well yeah and that, that to me that's why i think like it's crazy because if you think about it like the people that bought when they were supposed to buy right that's not even enough because then well, what do you mean when they were supposed to buy so well um you buy when you know that you can, well at least in my opinion you buy when you know that you can get equity out of something right like that right. or at least you try to buy when you could think that you, where you can see potential equity so now there's people that could be sitting on a lot of equity and then right now as we currently speak the people that are entering into the I got to buy a house 
you're not really you might not see the equity that this person might see yeah there's probably n- yeah there's nothing so that creates no th- that creates that have and have not uh situation because now the people that were buying and, and were in the market when the shit was actually like you could find deals and you kept those now your price is where their price is at so if it goes higher you even have more yeah so so it creates kind of a and this- what and if you're talking about like 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 the traditional like buying a home and living in it yeah. formula if you bought previously not only is your equity a lot higher but like your month to month expenditures are a lot lower yes yeah and so now you you kind of have like in a way you're ahead just by remaining still and then just being smart with your money that is great you know if you are smart with your money some people are not you know some people be oh well you know what now that i got equity i'm gonna get i'm gonna refinance pull like 80 but now i'm, I'm paying at the interest rate you know of current of, of, which is high and so it, it it's a little crazy because like you got to think about like where <laughs> some people are going to be and then some people are not going to be just off of a five-year gap of when you bought and when they bought like the 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 vast difference because if you pay your shit off and then you sell it you could just get like you could be on some grand card don't shit where it's like well i'm selling this so i could buy this but i'm really not losing i'm just buying something a little bit more updated or something like that you know yeah but but it's kind of a what do you nuts. think what do you think happens if ai takes over jobs in a big way and then you 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 operate under the formula that grant cardone is talking about i i i feel like It's like, on one hand, it's like, well, there's going to be a shortage. There's going to be a shortage of of housing. So there's still going to, even even though there's like a, many people could potentially be losing their jobs, there's already a shortage of housing. So there's going to be some demand out there because yeah. the supply is so low. And then eventually you'll probably get a lot of people like, rooming together like a lot of situations with a lot of roommates or yeah you know it, it, we're talking about if things get if things get catastrophic so yeah it, it almost makes you see it it almost makes it seem like it reminds me of this the road could get rocky bidenomics this is a meme he's showing me bidenomics newlyweds in san francisco looking for a nice one bedroom zero bath starter tent yeah and so, so and that's funny, and that that correlates perfectly with what I'm talking about. It's like it's very dystopian, but yeah. it makes you wonder, like, you know, then then you start to like apply a little bit of of uh, the economic uh, growth, uh, uh, you know, and th- and then like the the or the, the world the, economic the, forum, but but not only that, but but like the uh, uh, sexual uh, marketplace and and the dynamics oh, yeah. between men and women, because it's like, well, now. 
do more men that maybe previously didn't want to get married consider getting married because for financial reasons do more women that didn't want to get married consider getting married for financial reasons it'll change and then too like the people that are single might just be like i don't want to date yeah i just want to like be on my own shit yeah like, i feel like the, like the, i i think that like i feel like the people that have found a path of sustainability on their own on an individual level yeah will probably be a lot less likely because they to to want to cohabitate or date or anything because they'll probably be in a place where they're like man i don't want to risk getting anyone pregnant i yeah. don't want to risk like anyone wanting to get married like i i have my route and i'm more i'm it's working out good you know yeah yeah and so th- th- that that's it's crazy what these situations can cause. And, and, and what they make you think of. You yeah. Know? Absolutely. Uh, so moving on to the next segment. So we've talked quite a lot lately about the Daily Wire and the things that the Daily Wire is producing. Um, we've talked about the static between Ben Shapiro and, and Candace Owens. We talked about how Ben Shapiro is definitely a tradcon, neocon that seems to be wrong about a lot of things when it comes to the political side of things. But when it comes to filming and the movie side of things, it it does seem like the Daily Wire might be onto something. Uh, we 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 talked about the the trailer for Snow White. Then we also yeah. talked about Ben Shapiro's interview with the critical drinker. So it's funny because the Daily Wire has has sort of been in the news cycle a lot. And on one hand, when it comes to to Ben Shapiro and some of his not so great takes, but then on the other hand, the Daily Wire and like what they're doing with movies and 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 the potential impact they could have on culture. And so now we see this trailer drop for Lady Ballers, and essentially what it is, it's a comedy that's exploring the world of men entering women's sports, which if you've been anywhere near a phone or a TV in the last few years, you've seen that that's become a, a, a regular occurrence where men are entering women's sports and completely dominating. Yeah. And... You have a lot of people that have become very upset about it. Um, so now they're they're taking this movie and and they are uh, they're poking fun at the situation basically. And it even says the most trigger you know in the trailer it said this is the most triggering comedy of the year. <laughs> I did think there were some aspects of the trailer that were like a little bit forced like it seemed like it's like it now 100 it's agenda driven so that's the only thing is like when you when you're agenda driven you can't really like criticize disney or other outlets when they're agenda driven as well yeah, yeah you you can't you can't criticize see i don't i don't mind a comedy like this and i i'm actually very very interested in watching it yeah it is very intriguing for it sure. is very intriguing from some of the jokes that that are in the yeah. trailer and i recommend it, uh, everybody to check out the trailer and see see what you think 
Uh, by no means is it going to be on the level of like a, a forgetting Sarah Marshall or Super Bad or anything <laughs> like that. But which it, are not agenda driven. But it but it does look like it has the potential to be a solid comedy. Yeah. Uh, but there are moments in the trailer where you see that it is agenda driven and it's a little contrived. But with all that being said, I still think that it looks it looks relatively solid. So before we get into the meat and potatoes of the actual trailer and what we, you what we think it means for comedy, what is your take on this phenomenon that we've been seeing as of late of men entering? women's sports and dominate oh that's fucking ridiculous is what i think and like it's, it's like it's so stupid that it, it almost falls back on <laughs> feminists in a negative way how because like oh y- y'all wanted the spotlight and now you're gonna let a man who says he's a woman be the woman of the year. I see. And knock like you the fuck better, out. Men are better women than women. Yeah. And it's like, this is, this is not. It's that, probably that, not. That's sort of like how, how I think of it. Yeah. L- like, it definitely looks ridiculous. But I do think that there's something about it that sort of, they're sort of ironic and to me the irony the irony of it and i don't know if like a lot of men think about it like this i know the trads definitely don't think about it like this but the irony of it is for years for years women have come through and they've decimated male spaces you look at video games you look at movies. You look at geek culture. Gamergate. You look at you look at uh, rap. I was thinking about this the other day. Yeah. Like women, like they kind of destroyed rap. If you think about yeah. it, like when they started like allowing all these women to like enter rap, it really it got really horrible. And then now you got like men like men rappers compared to women rappers, and in some cases the women are better. It it got awful. So to me. I am a little bit tickled when men enter women arenas and dominate. Yeah, a little tickled because it, it's funny to me. First off, I like the, my reaction to the trads is like fuck them because for years this has been happening to male environments and like nobody has said anything. They just yeah. allow it. Like oh, well, you got to play fair. You the girls want to play too and everything and everything that like where the women entered. It got destroyed. Gaming got destroyed. Rap got destroyed. Geek culture got destroyed. Like, it's like you bitches had your own worlds, and like men never cared to enter them. There's yeah. like, all right, this is like the shit that whatever you make up or whatever the fuck, like, like well, now that men are entering them, you now. know what I'm saying? But now men are entering it, and so part of me is like, well, let it be, let yeah, it be. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And 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 so now we have this comedy. And it's interesting because the comedy is definitely not approaching it from the philosophy that that I just expressed. It's just approaching it from basically what you said, like the, other the, side the, the ridiculousness of it. Yeah. And how that's the world we live in. And apparently this is an acceptable thing to do. Yeah. And even when it, it, it basically poses the question, what is the recourse when the men that are entering it aren't genuinely 
trans. Yes. You know, they were there. They know that it is they're essentially playing a role. Yeah. But it's like, well, what recourse do does the other side have? Because how can you prove that they are not genuinely trans? Yeah. How could you ever prove that? Because if the whole thing is about individuality and what a person feels and their fluid their own fluidity their truth as the the trailer highlights yeah their truth how could you ever combat that and and now it's it it, it points out the conundrum that those that have been so open to this have yes. put themselves in yeah i, I agree but then what the, what's also even in, more interesting of that is like Hollywood has become corny with the woke shit. And now it's like the right is going to attack them with the same. Because partly like if it's agenda driven, it can teeter along the corniness lines. Yeah. So then what the fuck does this mean for cinema? If you have right wing corniness, and I'm not saying that the movie's going to be corny because I want to watch it. I actually do. I just want to see what happens. But... What happens when it's like becomes like bat- the battle of it's going to be like the world war of ideology yeah, when it comes and, to culture and, and being agenda driven? It's never. I don't think it's ever a great recipe. I only and not to say that it, it may not be a solid movie. Not to say it it, it may not even be a, a great movie, a good movie, I should say. But I don't think you ever get anything great from being agenda driven. Yeah. I think you could be good. Yeah. It could be good. Like for instance, like the the first Star Wars movies, the first uh newer Star Wars movie by JJ Abrams was it The Force Awakens yeah. where yep. where Rey was introduced. Yeah. That was a solid start. Yeah, it, it was all right. It, it definitely had its agenda of the, like Rey, she's the the most powerful chick, like she basically yeah. learned what Luke Skywalker learned in, in an hour, what it took him three movies to learn. Yeah. We but get it, it, but it's still overall it wasn't like a horrible movie. And it wasn't overly ridiculously agenda. Right. It had it, some sprinkles. But it, it, it that was the, the the start and we basically kind of knew that it can probably never get great. It, it we were like, well, we don't know what the next one will be. Now it basically was like all downhill from there, but we <laughs> yeah. we didn't know will will it get a little better? Will it get a little worse? But we knew it would never get great, kind of. Yeah. And that's the thing when you're agenda driven. Same thing with like that. If you ever see, and and it's for both sides, right and left. Like when you see like that MAGA rap shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like that shit. It's like there's some that like have good beats, and I've even heard somewhere like the guy can like spit a little bit. Yeah. But it it'll never be great. It'll never be great because yes. you're agenda driven. Now, yeah. when you have something where if you wanna if you wanna um, express. A viewpoint on a specific subject and you're okay with like expressing your your ideology there's nothing wrong with that because jay-z has done it eminem has does yes. does it kanye has does it and they're all greats but it's not it's not blanketed yeah it, it, it's, it's not it's, the portfolio it, it's, it's a it's song sprinkled. Yeah. it's sprinkled or maybe not even a song it might be a bar yeah it might be a line it yes. might be a rhyme it might be a word yeah and, and and what's interesting is like it, it makes me think of of shameless plug here, but like basic, like when we t- yeah. when we do basic, that's not an agenda driven song. And in fact, like when we mentioned the Trump line in that in that record, 
the song is nothing about politics at all. No. It's no, nothing about not politics, but we basically use Trump sort of as 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 a as a metaphor for for the point we're trying to make. Yes, yeah. That's skillful. That's that's yeah. that's tact, you know. And so I I give you a perfect example like you see, like a, a a comedian like Aziz Ansari, and like you could see a lot of his comedy is very agenda driven. He wants to make sure that he's pro feminist. I did, I you know the the whole thing where the me where he got me tooed, and yeah. like I, have you seen his shit since then? I don't even. It's awful. Like he was already pretty god awful. A hundred percent. He was already very awful prior to that. No. But but he's one of those like it's like kind of like a train wreck. Like I I I'll watch it yeah. just to like, <laughs> just to see like where be mesmerized at. how bad how bad like a stand up comedian can be. What's that Rife guy? Matt Rife. Matt Rife. So you know what's so funny. That you're saying that, yeah, yeah. Hold that, hold that, because actually, it's funny you brought up Matt Rife. We'll 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 talk a little bit about Matt Rife before we end the episode. Yeah, I just don't want to lose this point. So, but Aziz Ansari, agenda-driven woke shit that he's on. Yeah, he's all he was all about the mask and the jab and all of that stuff. But now you look at like Shane Gillis, and Shane Gillis has had has had jokes where you could see. I don't know. I wouldn't even know if he would if he would be considered like right wing or anything like that yeah. but he he's had jokes where he's talked about right wing stuff he's talked about how his dad loves fox news and stuff like that yeah. he, he made that trump joke where he does an impression of trump and he said that he thought that it was like his best like the best press conference from a president oh ever. yeah yeah stuff like that and you and he's a far better comedian than aziz ansari yeah he, he that special is actually pretty solid like oh, Shane Gillis, I I find yeah. him funny. Yeah, I, I that find shit him was pretty funny. Yeah, like I was like, <laughs> I, I thought it was funny, but it was like like you said, it wasn't agenda driven. Right. It was just like him saying some real shit. What like Dave Chappelle, like, um, Chris Rock, like, and, and it's funny because the times that Dave Chappelle has been agenda driven, it's trash. It's awful. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. that just goes to enforce my point. So going back to the movie before we touch on Matt Rife. Yeah. Uh the only reason they could get away with it for the movie, since mm-hmm. we're going back to the movie, is it's comedy and it's satire. Oh yeah, that that would never work if they were trying to do like a drama. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that it, it, exactly a hundred percent. And so I find it to be a good idea. Like, let's see where this goes. An interesting idea, yeah. definitely. And then it's it's interesting because like if 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 you're familiar with the personalities over at the Daily Wire. You see them in the movie, the cameos, and, and that makes it that gives it an added layer of funniness yeah. because because you don't expect these guys to operate like this. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I, I think uh, I think it's interesting. I will say this: if this movie is somewhat successful, it's not going to be successful with the reviews. No. Maybe maybe audience reviews, like audience score, but it but like. The legacy media is not going to review this no, movie no, no, well. No. I'll, right off the bat, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, just like knowing trash. what I know about movies, they're going to trash it. But that's not what... With these types of movies, you're really going to more so look for what the audience is saying about it. Yeah. Because now, number one, they're, they're the ones that are paying. That's number one. And number two, we already have expressed and, and, and even on this show talked about how... There is a humongous disconnect between what the critics like and what the audience likes, yeah. and we've already become aware of how 
politicized the critics have become. The yeah. the legacy media ones. Now Sean Chandler and, and and Jeremy Johns and Chris Stuckman, they don't fall into that. Like those guys are solid film reviewers. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, they are. But they're on YouTube. But you're talking about the traditional legacy media, they're yeah, garbage. It's gonna be trash. Um so if the movie does well and the audience rocks with it, I do see a lot more people taking a lot more risks in comedy, even yes. if that means that they put out the movie themselves. And I uh, like, you know, on their websites or however they do it. And if comedy, if these motherfuckers are real about comedy and the future of it, every single one of these fucking comedy podcasts this week better be talking about this trailer because this is big for comedy. Yeah, this is big. Whether whether you think it's going to work or not, whether this is your cup of tea or not, that's not really what matters. What matters is the risk that they're taking, the material that they're taking on, yeah. and how they're they're uh, they're deploying it. Sh- anybody that's serious about comedy should talk about this. Yeah, trailer. yeah, 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 yeah. Because this is a big moment. The fact that we weren't even planning to talk yeah. about it, and then no, you, no, no. in pre-production you saw the trailer. I'm like, well, fuck, we got to talk yeah. about this. The fact that Roseanne Barr says, "I'm mad, I'm not in this movie." Just, the, just that tweet alone. If you have Roseanne Barr in a Daily Wire movie, that means something. Yeah, that means something. Like, she's not in her prime. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is that is a big name, and so I'm like, damn, like, how many people will look at this movie and be like, damn. The, yeah, I want to be in the next project. You just never know. And so, <laughs> yeah, a lot of the, the cameos were, were right-wing people. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and think about, like, now the people that, that are out there that are that are quality, funny people that would consider now, if this does well, being in a movie by The Daily Wire. And and we've kind of talked, we didn't talk about it with comedy, but I remember I threw out the idea, imagine if like Mel Gibson were to do Passion of the Christ 2, but like released on The Daily Wire. Yeah. Like a big name. But now think about, this is like expanding it into comedy. We have Roseanne Barr expressing that, that she would rock with it. Yeah. We already know Tim Allen, he leans to the right. So imagine a Tim Allen being like, yeah, I'm down to do a movie with you guys. I'm down to do they, a little they, small series. There's those rumors that have said that like Vince Vaughn is like a closeted conservative. Maybe he would be like, yeah, I'd do one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. It, it's interesting. It's interesting. Now, what were you going to say about Matt Reif? Uh, oh, Matt Reif is terrible. Not funny at all. Uh and uh, fuck, dude. That's all I really had to say. No, no, no. What, what I was going to say was it's funny because with Matt Reif, he just got into this controversy with the special needs joke or whatever. Yeah. So it, the, it was like he the he, he did a joke about domestic abuse. Yeah. And then, then people got him mad and he was like, oh, here's a link to my apology. Yeah. And when p- people clicked the link. It was like. It was it was like a link to, to, to merch like, to some helmets for like special oh, yeah. needs, special needs children or yeah. something like that yeah which I think that that's a that's a good response but yeah. it's funny because it overshadows the fact that he's not funny like he's just not now it's interesting yeah. it's interesting you say that because because he's been on a many podcasts lately. Because I told you I've been going down the rabbit hole of comedy podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's been on a lot of comedy podcasts because he 
he's at a place where he knows he's in the DiCaprio complex. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's funny you said that. But he's in it because he knows he knows that guys don't really find him funny. It's all yes. women that I use air quotations that find him funny. But then it's like you look at women; they kind of find anybody that looks good funny. It's yeah. really it's one of those things where they it's find a, women that are not funny funny and hot men like oh oh his album he's trash though yeah or oh oh his movie but it's trash though you just they, like how he looks exactly yeah exactly and 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 what's funny is that Matt Rife he seems to be privy to this and yeah. he's not happy about it he's that's good. Happy, that's good because then you could get some awesome material from this man if he if he if he actually starts to be like okay, I want I actually want to take the craft serious. Yeah. Because so far but, it's well, like the thing eh. is though it's like I don't know if he doesn't take the craft serious because I I was looking at a Patrick CC deep dive on him. He's a hard worker, but yeah. the thing is I think that he found his niche and yes. and now he's not satisfied with his niche like i'll give and it's funny that you brought up the dicaprio complex because you look at like for instance dicaprio and mario lopez and like dicaprio he was like the ladies man was around the same time that mario lopez was the ladies man yeah it's like, oh all the women love them but then what did dicaprio do after a certain amount of basically after titanic he was like yeah this is not this. sustainable yeah and I have the the acting chops to be great. I'm going to like stop focusing on trying to be a heartthrob, and I'm gonna like make good movies with great directors. And yes. that's basically been his career. And what do we know DiCaprio as? Probably uh, uh, the best. He well now currently he is the best actor in Hollywood, and he is one of the best actors in history. Yeah, and definitely that's in he, our era. And that's. In history, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm saying like in our era, you know how like they had the Al Pacino, Rob era, like oh yeah, our era, yeah. From, from he's, our, he's well, the best. Yeah, like yeah. the only who the only comparable guys is like Denzel, Denzel, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. and like Brad Pitt, like yep. like and, this guy's. I would say he tops them. Yeah, yeah, he's the best. So so, but he willfully transitioned. And then you look at Mario Lopez, and Mario Lopez never like transitioned, always focused on being a heartthrob, and like his gigs are like fucking Access Hollywood, and he still makes yeah. money, but like he's not a DiCaprio. He's it's like, not legendary shit. It's not legendary yeah. shit, exactly. And so, but the thing is, when you're so dug into your niche, it's hard to pivot. Like Mario Lopez is not going to like be in a Martin Scorsese movie. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And so now Matt Reif, it's like, can you pivot? I don't know. I don't know. Because like you're, you're, you're pretty dug in. Yeah. You're pretty dug in. And you're part of the cool, like, like what, like, so in, in grammar school, going into high school. So the cool kids that were in grammar school, going into high school, like I always found them to be like lames. But when you get to high school, it's like this like expansion of what grammar school was. It's a bigger world. So now you kind of having known that in grammar school, like these motherfuckers are lames, like I I don't subscribe. When you go to high school, you almost become like like Neo in the Matrix because like you could literally you're so well rounded. Yeah, and so. To me, that's like where he's at right now in his career. He's the cool kid in grammar school. 
And then there's the cool kids in high school, but like now that you're going into high school, now and then from high school on to college, right? We're speaking in metaphors here. What are you gonna do with your career? Are you gonna be the cool kid that like is limited well, well, and that, like that's where that's where the 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 conflict I think for him comes in because in the Patrick CC deep dive, you should check it out. It's real interesting. He sold out his tour like the day, the first day his tour sold yeah, out. Yeah. There's a lot of comedians, good ones now that can't do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I imagine like a Theo Vaughn can't do that now or like and Theo Vaughn's w- tremendously funnier than 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 uh than Matt Rife. Yeah. Shane Gillis, he probably can't do that. He's tremendously funnier than 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 uh than Matt Rife. But with when you appeal to women, there is money in, yes. especially now in 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 a world that we live in where it's like all about like independent woman autonomy yeah. everything like look at barbie barbie <laughs> or sandman did a video where he he reviewed the barbie movie and he's like i wonder he's like he's like i bet you christopher nolan is wondering he's like how the fuck is my great ass movie compared to this shit because you know the whole barbenheimer yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah and barbie actually made more money than oppenheimer yeah. and so one thing we know, like if you appeal not so much to like the like like uh, uh, the trad thoughts, but it, like if you appeal to like the single independent woman, there's money there. A there, lot of there it. There is money. Like yeah. you, you, you know, especially now because you know women. What we're talking about, what we were just talking about in the previous segment uh, of uh, or the first segment of Americans spending money. Like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, women spend money. Yeah, they spend they money like significantly more than men. If they want to yeah. go to a comedy show, they're gonna go to a comedy show. If they want to travel, they're gonna travel. So if you appeal to that demographic, you're gonna make money. So now he's in a conflict now because yeah. it's like, well, are you gonna be for the money? <coughs> Excuse me. Are you gonna be for the money, or are you gonna be for that that notoriety that you really want to have in comedy? Because he doesn't have it. Well, he look back to the video you sent me about the Rock and. Uh... Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. You know, because like, I find Ryan Reynolds uh, funny in specific roles. Deadpool was like an amazing role for him. That was what he was born to do. But he's also it's typecast. the same it's ty- person. It's typecast. Yeah, yeah, it's like, bro, you're boring now. And then The Rock is boring because it's the same thing. And so, yeah, but you bring in all the money. So then at that point, you start looking at it from the perspective of, am I just going to be raking in the cash because like see in their perspective though the rock and ryan reynolds that's their that's whole shit because like you guys like raking all this money and you have the opportunity you could work with anybody you want to work with yeah. and make any movie you want to make and you motherfuckers are making like this whack-ass netflix shit yeah that's whole shit for matt rife you're limited to comedy so like my thing is like well for now first off first off like are you it's like you yeah you're not getting the notoriety from the people that you want to get it from but you're 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 making money and then do you even have the capacity because if if you try to pivot and you find out that like you're you're really not funny yeah like to the point where you can like make masses of people laugh yeah 
then why not just stick to like making bitches that think you look good last? But, but th- think of it this way. Like how many, well, at least for me, and I guess it just depends on your outlook on it. How many, I could, I could give the PG-13 and I could give the R-rated. So the PG-13 is how many quote-unquote cool kids do you have to go through until you're like, this is kind of lame. Like, this is like, this is lim- I'm limited with you. I feel like I can't even be myself. I'm only part of this little clique and I have to be a certain way, right? Or if you're a, a dude that's been around, this is, that, this is the R-rated one, is like how many hoes do you have to go through until you realize like this shit is kind of dumb and really kind of like a waste of time for the most part. And like I could do better things, you know? This would go for a guy that, like, is out here doing player shit. Like, not, like, no incel. But, like, a guy that's just been around. It's like, how many hoes do you have to go through until you're like, well, I I don't find it amusing anymore. I don't, this doesn't, I'd rather go do something. I'd rather do my own shit. Like, shit does become trite. And then at that point, if you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, well, this just doesn't make me happy anymore. My soul, like, it doesn't connect with my soul. Then at that point, it's like. Do I chase the money? But but if you but I, I I know where you're coming from. But if you don't have the ability, see, it's about capacity. Like if you don't have the ability to make, yeah, an arena of like men and women, or mostly men, laugh. You know, you have the ability to make women laugh. Like because basically his shows are all women, and like they've even they've even shown where like the crowd is basically all. Yeah. There's like guys here and there, but yeah. And like because I I've seen Matt Rife before, not because I wanted to go see Matt. He was opening for Louis C.K. But this was years yeah. ago. This yeah. was some. This was years ago. So I didn't even know he was gonna be there. And uh, and he was all right. Like he 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 wasn't wasn't terrible. But there wasn't like anything particularly memorable about his set. But now when he's the headliner, it's all women basically, and like you have a few yeah. guys sprinkled here and there. So I see what you're saying, and what you're saying is 100 percent legit. The problem is if you don't have the capacity, it's like it's like with like Ryan Reynolds and The Rock. It's like if you guys don't have the capacity to like do other movies, yeah. And even in that that video I sent you about them, the the guy that's hosting the video, he even presents that. He's like, maybe this is just like what they like, what they think is good. Maybe this is their taste. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Maybe they don't have the capacity for like trying to work with a, a Scorsese or 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 or. Or a James Cameron or anybody other yeah. than the guys, than the yes men directors that they work for. Then, then yeah, might as well just keep doing what you're doing. It's sad though because it's like, are you even trying? You know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. So the same thing with Matt Rife. It's like we we know this much that it's it's bothersome to him. We've we've we are seeing that now as in his yeah. appearance on these podcasts. We're seeing that it's bothersome to him. So do you pivot? You know, so like they they said that him like doing that domestic abuse joke, that that was like he's starting to pivot. Yeah, but that joke wasn't that funny though. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. So if you're gonna go down the route of 
saying shit that might make people cringe or maybe uh, like cause headlines, you have to be funny. Yeah, and so does he have the capability to be? So funny? yeah, I, I feel bad for him because like he's in a he's in a tough place. Yeah, you know because uh, I don't know. It does seem like he genuinely like just wants to be funny yeah. to people. Like, um, it's um, yeah, you could tell he tries, and uh, as they say, a broken clock is right two times a day. So he hits. On one or two jokes, yeah. Yeah, it's just that. But it's, it's just not that enough for you to want to buy tickets as a man. Yeah. Obviously, as you can see now, it's all women buying the tickets, which, which is fine. You have your market, but for me, like that, like you're not that funny. Yeah. I'm not. I'm definitely ain't paying no. Like it's like the way I, I look at like a Bad Bunny tickets. It's like I ain't fucking. What the fuck is that? Yeah. People are fucking spending a lot of money on somebody who's kind of trash for the most part. So it's like shit. But pe- but but if it's driven by a certain market and that, that's what people like, I guess. But you look at it, and you're like, what the fuck is this? And then and then and then you buy Dave Chappelle tickets, and it's like, yeah, it can be pricey, but like not unreasonable. Yeah. And like that that motherfucker's legendary in the comedy world, or Chris Rock tickets, and you're like. But then I guess. Yeah, but then you. That's what I'm saying. Bad Bunny. That's yeah. women, mainly yeah. women. Yep. You know. So, and, so I'm gonna start doing Bad Bunny music and uh, Matt and, Rife and they, jokes, you know. So they drive up the market. Yeah, this is my last episode with Hanging with Apes. <laughs> no, but yeah, it, it is. Uh, it is interesting, but it also shows the. It's kind of crazy that you say that it, it, uh, women are, are their driving force because I remember back then it's like the demographics you wanted to hit were like the male, mid middle aged men. It was like, oh, sell this car, sell this, sell that. And now it's like you're seeing, like, because women are now buying shit. Women are now pushing for for certain things. You start seeing. Yeah, consumerism is definitely tailored towards them. Because men, if you think about it, like, men in relationships, you've seen more, more of this more often. Like, women are basically, like, running the situation. How many situations have we come across where it's like a cohabitation situation or a yeah. marriage or you know a long-term relationship situation where they're cohabitated and you can pretty much tell that the woman is the driving force like what she yeah. says goes and so if you're a marketer it's like well, all right we're going to tailor our marketing towards her yep and then single guys either they're on some like incel black pill shit where they just want video games yeah. or they're so driven that it's like consumerism doesn't really work on them yeah. because it's like, I don't give a fuck about what you're trying to sell. I'm off to work. I'm off to invest. I'm off to business. I'm off to do this podcast. Yeah. I'm off to film this. I'm off to do whatever it is that they do in their world. So like, it's like consumerism doesn't even like even reach them. Like they look at consumerism and it's like, they'll look at like the anomaly of like the ad or 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 what's going on? Like oh shit, that was a commercial about Bitcoin or whatever. Like yeah, they'll recognize it, but it doesn't like have an effect, or much of an effect on them. Yeah, unless they're already like had the 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 predisposition to like rock with yeah, that. But yeah. otherwise, it doesn't work on them. So yeah, you, the marketing dollars are going to tailor themselves towards women. That's nuts. That's yeah. nuts. 
Well, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening. Remember, if we talk about something that you know somebody would be interested in, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you want to help us stay independent, you can go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.